0: Welcome to Melden Law. I'm Jeffrey Meldon, uh, founder of Melden Law. I'm here to welcome you to a great show. We have some really exciting guests today. Uh, before we get to that, I want to tell you what's coming up. This weekend is the um, Alzheimer's Walk, and uh, my wife Patricia and I are co-chairs for that, and it is going to be amazing. Nine o'clock um, out at the... Trinity Methodist Church in Gainesville, 4,000 Northwest 39th Avenue. Trinity Methodist Church, 4,000 Northwest 39th Avenue. And it's going to be an, a really exciting event. Um, Patricia and I, uh, we uh, care for her 89, almost 90-year-old mother, uh, who is certainly uh, feeling some of the effects of uh, dementia and Alzheimer's. So it's really a uh, an event that uh, strikes close to home for us. Um, it's amazing uh, how many people in the community are affected by either Alzheimer's or dementia. Uh, not only um, those people that have it but the family members that uh, have to s- help support them and deal with it and it's uh, a very, very worthy cause. And the great thing is they're coming up with some cures with some medication. If they don't cure Alzheimer's or dementia, they're going to at least help uh, minimize the effects of uh, the disease. Very, very important event. So we ask for everybody to get involved. Form a team. Bring out a couple friends and uh, show up. It's, uh, we're really excited. We expect uh, close to a 1,000 people out there, and it's going to be a blast. We're going to have so much fun uh, bring the kids; it's a family-friendly event. So uh, let's do it and uh, have a really uh, great time and support an extremely worthy cause. Next, uh, we have uh, the Tom Petty weekend coming up. Uh, Meldon Law is sponsoring the Tom Petty week- weekend at the Heartwood Sound Stage at 500 South Main Street in Gainesville, Florida. Uh, Some of you may know I was Tom Petty's first attorney, and uh, we love his music and uh, enjoy supporting a great community event. The event starts Thursday night at 7 o'clock. It's free to everybody who registers at TomPettyWeekend.com. TomPettyWeekend.com. Go there and you can get your free ticket. Uh, Meldon Law is helping to support the event because Gainesville is Tom Petty's hometown. Born and raised here in Gainesville, and uh, we're very, very excited to have uh, this event. It is going to be a great show. So there's uh, music and storytelling by friends of Tom's who are going to Uh, tell us some uh, terrific stories. This uh, event is blowing up. Tom Petty Nation is uh, behind it. The Tom Petty family is uh, supporting us in every way possible. And you can buy some uh, Tom Petty shirts. We're hoping to get some Tom Petty Gator shirts out there. Uh, Those were a hot event last week at the uh, LSU game. And I know a lot of uh, our listeners and fans want to find out what's going on Uh, at the Tom Petty Festival. Uh, Great volleyball is going on at the University of Florida. Terrific team. We're playing Georgia on the 19th, and Meldon Law is giving away a four-pack of tickets with a $50 gift certificate to Harry's Bar and Grill, as well as a two-pack of tickets with a $25 gift card to Harry's Bar and Grill, uh, we also have a volleyball promotion coming up with Arkansas. That is on October 29th and October 30th. So uh, check us out. Another four, uh, four pack of tickets, $50 gift card and two pack plus 25. So uh, go to Melden Law Facebook page. Meldon Law's Facebook page, and that's where all the ticket giveaways are. So all you have to do is check us out at the Meldon Law Facebook page. I'm seeing here we got more tickets for the Missouri game coming up as well. So uh, volleyball is a hot sport in the fall. Um, Those of you that are a little disappointed at Gator football, check out volleyball. Uh, You'll see a uh, top-notch winner, and uh, it's going to be great. Speaking of Gator football, Florida, Georgia uh, is coming up. And for uh, those of you that want to have an exciting weekend over in Jacksonville, it's an event uh, worth going to. Even though the Gators are huge underdogs, uh, you never know. uh, There's a chance we're going to win that game. And if we do, it would uh, rock the college sports world because uh, Georgia's uh, ranked number one in the country and uh, they are going to be a tough opponent. However, uh, we're going to be giving away two seats for the uh, Georgia-Florida game plus a $100 gift certificate to Spurrier's Gridiron Grill. What a nice way to spend the weekend. It's going to be a very, very uh, exciting tailgate. We always win the tailgate. I don't know about the game this year. However, we will see. Anyhow... Uh, it's time to uh, welcome uh, our first guest to Meldenlaw Law and Friends. Uh, before we do, again, go visit uh, Melden Law Facebook page, and you will find some uh, incredible giveaways and other uh, information about what's going around uh, in uh, north-central Florida. we got lots of stuff we're supporting in Ocala. We're supporting them in Lake City, Gainesville, all over. Um, we have our first guest uh let me put on my headset and uh welcome uh justice mendez
1: how you doing jeffrey thanks for having me on
0: just justice are you there
1: yes sir can you hear me i can hear you great Um, awesome perfect yeah
0: so uh tell me how you
1: doing Doing good, yeah. Sorry, uh, I couldn't make it in person. I'm actually flying to San Francisco for a conference. Uh, I have a layover right now in, in Las Vegas. So, spent the night in Vegas and flying shortly after this to San Francisco.
0: Well, I hope they didn't take all your money in
1: Vegas. <laughs> no, I, I try to stay away from gambling. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad to hear that. Hey, listen... <laughs>
0: I'm reading your bio and it says you were uh, uh, raised, born in Cleveland. How long did you live in Cleveland?
1: Yes, sir. Um, A majority of my life, actually. So I came to Gainesville in 2019 and then stayed since. But uh, yeah, why do you have ties in Cleveland?
0: Yeah, I graduated from Shaker Heights High School. Uh, No
1: way. That's crazy. Uh, Are you familiar with the West Side? I went to John Marshall. So
0: that's where I graduated from. Oh, great. Yeah. Um, now, um, I so know John John Marshall. Yeah, now John, are you talking about John Marshall High School, College? Yes. law school? High school?: high, Yeah, because they have a John Marshall Law School there as well. Um, anyhow, so yeah, well, you know, as an East Side guy, we mostly stayed on the East Side. For those of you yeah. that don't know, to get from one side of Cleveland to the other side can take you like going uh, from uh, Gainesville to uh, Orlando. I mean, it's literally an hour if you're on the far <laughs> west side, right?
1: Right. Yeah, for sure. It takes a little long, for sure. Yeah.
0: So um, what uh, brought you to uh, Gainesville, Florida?
1: Yeah. So uh, UF, as well as a lot of other opportunities, so as you know, Cleveland's a very rough place. Uh, so growing up, you know, kind of got into some trouble here and there and wanted to have a better lifestyle and, and knew that I could accomplish a lot more. So I met some, some guys that were alumni from UF, started a business, and they invited me out here, and the rest is history. So, what do you say yeah. inv-
0: invited you out here? Where Where is that?
1: So they were living on Archer Road, and they had a car lot, and I ended up living in their walk-in closet for the first eight months of my stay in Gainesville, um, working for them completely free. If there was some room on the couch, I'd always try and squeeze in on the couch. But I slept, uh, yeah, pretty rough on the on the on the floor of their walk-in closet.
0: Well, uh, was it a big walk-in closet?
1: It was a pretty nice house. It's probably one of the nicest houses I've ever been in. So it definitely wasn't too rough, but it was a it was a nice walking house <laughs> with carpet. With carpet, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, you know, so it was, it was an upgrade from from Cleveland. <laughs> so,
0: so, so, uh, tell tell me a little bit about uh, uh, your business. I understand you you know you taught yourself finance, and then uh, you you got this firm uh, called. One six
1: one ventures. Is that right? Yes, sir. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, I ended up launching, um, half of it. It's a hybrid half of it is an accelerator. So we teach companies how to scale their business. Also, we help them get funded, um, help them raise capital, help them go through a 10 week program where they learn everything from, you know, incorporating their business, uh, learning about pricing models, learn about how to, how to hire, how to fire, build company culture, get your first customers. And then uh, as we started to build this out, we realized that uh, we were missing out on deals. We were introducing all of these companies to all of these VCs. And uh, you know they're investing millions of dollars into these startups. And we wanted to be able to support some of these startups as well. So that's when we went out and raised our own venture capital fund. So yeah, so so far we've had five cohorts. We also do a program at UF with Warrington Called the U.S. Startup Launch Competition, um, but our virtual program—we've had five cohorts, we've had 45 companies, we've helped them raise 13 million, uh, we've helped them generate over nine million in revenue, and one of the companies even got acquired. And that's since about mid 2020. So in about two and a half years, that's kind of where uh, so far where we've been.
0: That's pretty amazing because mid 2020 was uh, when COVID the got pandemic.
1: Started. Exactly. Yeah. So but, how did yeah. you uh, navigate those waters? That was a tough one. So uh, so at first, what ended up happening was we met a professor, my business partner, Pablo, which I'll go into more about me and his story. But so his um, his professor was named Martin Schaffel, one of the most influential mentors I've ever had in my life. And he actually, he had a huge exit, nine-figure exit, 100% equity owner. But he used to throw these events back in Tampa called Empty Bottle Club. And uh, just, just to get together entrepreneurs, like-minded individuals who want to kind of build a community and get together once a month, we started doing that in Gainesville and it grew to be very popular. Then we said, okay, how can we further support entrepreneurs, tech startups, uh, people who want to start businesses? So we started doing workshops, roundtable events, and then COVID happened. And everything we were doing was around an in-person event, in in-person communities. Um, so, yeah, we, we really didn't know what to do at first. We started a podcast. And after about two weeks of that, um, we realized that we didn't have the same kind of impact because everything we were doing was kind of, you know, we we're bringing in speakers. And we needed to be hands-on with these startups. So we just literally launched a virtual accelerator. Uh, once a week, we have a different speaker from all over the country. Uh, you know they teach the whole entire cohort, and then uh, we also do weekly check-ins. So it was it was super hard, but the timing was perfect because all these other programs. Sorry,
0: I, I was going to say I want to delve into this. Uh, we, we're coming up against a, uh, a, a commercial break for sixty seconds, so when we come back, we're going to hear Justice Mendez uh, talk about the accelerator and everything else that he's doing. And we'll be back in 60 seconds on Meldon Law and Friends.
1: Oh my gosh. I can't even believe this. Look. Look what you have done to my truck. Excuse me. It's your fault. It's not my fault. Yes, it is your fault.
0: I am calling Jeffrey Meldon from Meldon Law.
2: So I'm going to call Jeffrey, my husband.
0: Meldon Law, this is Jeffrey speaking.
1: This oh, no, here, this you might...
0: New client? Yes, but this one might be a little tricky.
1: Well, I was in a truck accident. Because of the accident, that resulted in three back surgeries. We
0: saw advertisements on TV, and guess who popped up more often than that? It was Jeffrey. The communication that he provided was so appreciative,
2: that he shows his compassion as a human he assisted us in achieving one of our dreams,
0: the acquisition of a home. And we're here today with smiles on our face with the assistance from Jeffrey. Welcome back to Meldon Law and Friends. I'm here with Justice Mendez, and uh, Justice is telling us all about uh, how to help grow a business and. Uh, create startups and uh, we were talking about accelerators as well. This isn't a car accelerator. This is a business accelerator, right?
1: (laughs) Exactly.
0: But but it's the same, it's got the same purpose. It it like makes the uh, whole thing go faster.
1: Absolutely.
0: So why don't we we talk about um, uh, what you're doing to help people grow well what would if somebody's interested in uh, uh, bringing you on to help coach them up uh, how would they contact you and then what would be the
1: follow-up yeah so we have a portal on our website 161.ventures and then also I'm I'm on all social media LinkedIn Facebook Instagram uh, with my first and last name and then uh, you could probably look up 161 Ventures, just Google it, find us anywhere. But uh, so, you know, we have-
0: you know, did you know that there's a famous building in Gainesville based on 161?
1: Exactly.
0: The so K- the Cave Museum, Museum it's the Correct. it's a Fibonacci ratio of 1.161. Tell our listeners some of the examples of uh, how one six one replicates itself in nature.
1: Yes, so I mean, in uh, in in the human face, in seashells, and pine cones. Leonardo da Vinci uses it in all of his works: the Last Supper, the Vitruvian Man. So what what uh, what scientists and naturalists say is that they say it's the more most organic and efficient path for growth. This this uh, equation. So that's kind of that's why we actually embodied this name for our accelerator and our venture fund, because we realize that no matter what, um, just like with anything in life, too much, too fast is bad and not enough. Too soon is also bad. So what we want to do is we want to help them grow in an organic way. Uh, you know, if, if you had 10 million people call you right now for law services, it'd be really hard to scale that. But you know, if you only have one person calling you, you know that's also not a not a business that you want to be in. So we're trying to help them find that that optimal growth. We can kind of help them scale the business in in an organic way.
0: And and what are some of the techniques that you're able to use to help people learn what the sweet spot is and how to uh, scale?
1: Yeah, so um, I think one of the biggest things, and this goes for all entrepreneurs, whether they want to be in tech or, you know, just even start a local business is that I would say a lot of people, they come up with an idea, but they're not trying to solve a problem. Um, and, And everything should be focused around the hypothesis on your solution for a problem. So, you know, you always need a North Star and your North Star is how do I solve this problem? And then from there, I would also say that a lot of people, uh, start to come up with their own ideas and concepts and forget to build with your customers. So, you know, like let's say I want to build an app. You know, I'm going to come up with all the ideas and how I should build the app. Instead of first coming up with a prototype, bringing it to the customers, getting feedback, and then start iterating and building based on their feedback and what they want. You know, people start to build what they want and forget that you're building something for somebody else. So you should always be building, you know, what people will pay for what people want. And listening to your customers is one of the most effective ways to build a great business. But a lot of people only want to listen to themselves. Unfortunately, we're not all Steve jobs. <laughs> they can kind of, you know, come up with this crazy vision and, and, you know, just, uh, to give it to people, you know, we need to listen to our customers. And, uh, that's one thing that we always make sure that, uh, we tell founders.
0: I'm sure that Steve jobs tested, uh, you know, the, uh, iPhone and, uh, everything else that uh, he was involved in uh, with the company and, and uh, got uh, outside consumer uh, feedback.
1: Right. Absolutely. Their first version was uh, more for the hobbyist, right? It was somebody who had to get other computer parts and then put it together. And, uh, you know, the guy that ended up buying their first purchase order, he was like, I want something that somebody could just pick up off the shelf and just take it home. So the same exact thing, you know, that was his customer, um, you know, the retailer who was purchasing it from him. And, uh, yeah, I think that that's one of the most important things is, is you have to listen to the customer. You have to listen to the people that are giving you the money.
0: What are some of the um, key things that you do to um, uh, get people focused on solutions?
1: So I would say a lot of people will come up with uh, with a business plan. What we always do is when we first start off, we have them, and this is the program at UF, what we have them do, is uh, we have them build something called a Lean Business Model Canvas. So you don't want to create, you know, spend the next three months coming up with some business plan. You want these interchangeable ideas that you can always be able to pivot on very quickly. Um, it's understanding, you know, who are – how is your distribution channel, right? How are you gonna get this product out to market? Are you gonna to have to run social media ads? Uh, is there somebody who you know, you can bring the product to and they have a thousand customers lined up for you? Um, a lot. There's a lot of different tips and tricks. And one thing that we're really good at also is uh, we bring in a lot of expert speakers. So throughout our accelerator, we've brought in the former CEO of Priceline, we've brought in the chief ethics officer of Airbnb, uh, the VP of growth at Spotify, um, the founders of whatnot, which I think now they're at $2.5 billion um, market cap. But so we bring in a lot of these really high class speakers that also help them think of it in a different light. Um, hopefully that answers your question.
0: Yeah. Um, now I'm kind of like subject. Yeah. So um, Justice, you also mentioned uh, the fact that you helped Raise money for venture capitalists. Why don't we talk a little bit about that? Tell us what's the process and how do you get a business set up in a way, meaning set up, uh, you know, creating key performance indicators, standard operating procedures, and everything else that a venture capitalist is going to be looking for, as well as a track record. Uh, how do you uh, help get businesses to? Become uh, a business that would be interested, interesting to a venture capitalist.
1: Absolutely. So, yeah, throughout the 10 week program, um, you know, we're going through all of these things, making sure they understand their KPIs, their metrics, understanding how they can start to de risk the business. Are there certain key partners that they might need? Let's say I need to get a car manufacturer to, to be a, a key partner for me to be able to de-risk this operation. So we help them go through everything on the 10 weeks. And then at the end of the 10 weeks, we have a demo day where we'll have maybe 40 to 50 different either angel investors or other venture capitalists that will hop on the call. And then they could pitch their business to all these VCs. And, uh, you know, some of them will get funded. Some of them won't but I I think that the most important part is just getting in front of people and getting that initial conversation going because they might realize something that they need to pivot. They need to change. Um, And every VC is different. Some people will invest pre-product, pre-revenue. We don't, we would like to invest in a, in a company that we're just kind of putting fuel on the fire. You know, they already have a product in market. They have a lot of interest. They're growing very rapidly. There's a very big market that they can attack and, and start to take a lot of market share. Um, but you know, some people, you know, angel investors, they might just wanna put in a small check. Some VCs, they wanna do pre product stuff, they wanna do pre revenue stuff. So I'd say everybody's different. It's just kind of figuring, and that's one thing that we do with founders also. We help them go through this process. Sorry, somebody's calling me. apologize. Yeah, so we help them go through this process on understanding okay, I need to find somebody who not only invests in my sector, right? But will also invest in my stage. If I'm building a healthcare company, health tech, and you know, I go out to somebody who invests in food tech, it doesn't, it's not going to make sense. But let's say I find somebody who invests in health tech, but they don't invest unless you have 50 million in revenue and they write nothing less than a $3 million check, then it's still not going to make sense. So you have to find somebody that's in that sweet spot of sector and, uh, and also the same stage. What
0: are some of the um, advantages of working with venture capital versus uh, grow, you know, growing your business organically?
1: Yeah. So I would say that the, it's very hard. Okay. This is the craziest part is think about Uber, uh, Airbnb. There's some businesses where the unit economics just is not going to be profitable. So as a founder, you need to take on venture funding because if not, you know, your your every transaction that you have is negative. So I launched a parking app and my after each hour that I booked, I basically lost ten cents. So if I want to scale this business and you know, I have millions of transactions a day, I'm gonna need to be able to fund these losses until then I could turn a profit or be able to scale the business somehow where I could or even sell it. You know, some people Never make money. You know, I'm pretty sure WhatsApp didn't really make money. They ended up just getting acquired by Facebook. So there's a lot of businesses that you need to have venture capital. Also, I would say one of the biggest advantages from like a, a macro level is that people don't realize this. And and I might be butchering the report a little bit. I wrote it like I read it like two years ago. But four percent of all companies in the United States get venture funding. 50 percent of the company's econo- the country's economic output, our GDP, are by venture back companies. So if you can see the input output, you know four percent of companies are getting VC funding, but fifty percent of our com- our country's economic output is from venture backed companies. So you know I, um, I have a big passion for helping people and uh, I'm flying to Cleveland after San Francisco to go speak at a conference and it's all about kind of how can we build a tech community in Cleveland because as you know uh you know it's kind of rough you know it's a big manufacturing uh hub big steel city all these jobs left to China or you know got outsourced so now they're trying to figure out how can we bring up our economy and it's through venture capital and building this innovation ecosystem uh and Gainesville does a great job at that as you know
0: what what is uh what can you tell us quickly about this parking app how does it work
1: yeah so i actually disbanded it because it you know wanted to do something else so basically it was like airbnb for your driveway that was the concept is that there's not enough on-street parking spots um and we wanted to be able to offload some of the on-street spots with driveways so basically you could rent out your driveway just like game day but all year round yeah you know it's pretty crazy It's crazy supply and demand, right? <laughs> you know. absolutely. Yeah, like Gainesville. You know, there's even still in midtown and in downtown, there's not enough parking. But there is, you know, a house or two a block away that you can go park your your car in. Absolutely. Awesome. So uh, our website is 161 spelled out dot ventures. And then I am on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter under Justice Mendez, J-U-S-T-I-S-M-E-N-D-Z. And then um, my partner is Pablo Casalimis. He's also on social media with the same name. So, yeah, we're easy to find. Just uh, Google us or, or look us up on Instagram or LinkedIn. Oh, my gosh. I can't even believe this. Look, look what you have done to my truck. Excuse me, it's your fault. It's not my fault. Yes, I, it is your no, fault. Not, no, I am no, no, no. calling Jeffrey Meldon
0: from Meldon Law.
2: So I'm going to call Jeffrey, my husband.
0: Meldon Law, this is Jeffrey speaking.
1: Jeffrey! This person oh, no, here, this person lady he no. might.
0: New client? Yes, but this one might be a little tricky. When you're a member of the Gator Nation, you know what it means to never back down. Melden Law has been a proud supporter of the Gator Nation since 1971. Two forces that won't back down. As the old saying goes, if you can't beat them, join them. We still hear it. The sound of victory, the joy of being part of something great. And while things may not be the same right now, we haven't gone anywhere. If you bleed orange and blue, then Melden Law is the firm for you.
1: We are here at the University of Florida where Albert and Alberta are competing in the Gator Penalty Shootout. Albert is ready to stop the shot at all costs. What a disaster. Luckily, Melton Law is the only official firm partner of the Florida Gators. If you have suffered any injury, do not worry because Melton Law is going to help you with your recovery. Melton Law doesn't back down until they reach their goal.
0: Alberta, I understand you were witnesses to a crash. Can you tell us about the accident? When you're in a crash, it's important to get witness statements immediately after the accident. Whether you're in a car, truck, motorcycle, scooter, or even a golf cart accident, at Melden Law, we won't back down. I was in an accident. Someone ran a red light and hit me, and uh, I was hurt. You don't know where to turn. Luckily, I called Jeffrey. These big insurance companies, they don't want you to win. They truly don't. But Jeffrey and his firm and the people that work here, they just really fight for you. You call the law offices of Jeffrey Belden because you're going to need help, and they will help you. We still hear it, the sound of victory, the joy of being part of something great. And while things may not be the same right now, we haven't gone anywhere. If you bleed orange and blue, then Melden Law is the firm for you. October 22nd, it's going to be a great event. It's out there at the Trinity Methodist Church, 4000 Northwest 39th Avenue in Gainesville, Florida. Uh, Just show up, or you can go on the Alzheimer's Walk Gainesville platform and uh, form a team and uh, help fight Alzheimer's dementia. Uh, We're making some uh, really important strides right now, this year. Uh, the FDA is looking at drugs to uh, help uh, minimize the effects of uh, Alzheimer's and dementia. So uh, hope is uh, there, um, and help is on the way. Uh, very, very important because just about everybody is affected in one way or another by a loved one or good friend who's affect, who's uh, afflicted with Alzheimer's or suffering from dementia. So uh, my wife Patricia and I are co-chair this year. We're very involved. Uh, we also uh, live with uh, Patricia's mom, who is uh, almost ninety years old now, and uh, she does pretty well, but she still has a lot of challenges with uh, dementia. So. We know what it's like, and we want to support this very important organization. Uh, on a lighter note, we've got the uh, Tom Petty Festival coming up October 20th through the 22nd. Yes, that's three days, and it's free. Uh, Meldin Law is the uh, prime sponsor for the Tom Petty Festival. As some of you know, uh, I am the uh Original first attorney for Tom Petty, and uh, uh, I have some uh, interesting stories we'll share one day uh, about my experience with Tom and Mudcrutch. Very, very uh, dynamic individual who was hyper-focused at a very young age at succeeding in the music business, and he sure did that. Um, We've also, Melden Law Facebook page, has given away a bunch of tickets both for volleyball, and uh, we are winners in volleyball, Uh, uh, football, not so much. However, uh, things are going to change, and what I would like to tell you is we will be giving away football tickets for the Florida-Georgia game uh, coming up, and uh, win or lose, that's always a great um, event, and we always have uh, terrific turnout for our tailgate it's a wonderful. If you haven't been to a Florida, Georgia game, go. I'm telling you you will uh, you will be absolutely surprised and elated at the kind of atmosphere. It starts, It's really a, uh, a two or three day event. Uh, it starts on Friday. I think it goes till Sunday morning at least. So go check it out. Florida, Georgia coming up uh, October. Twenty ninth in Jacksonville, so uh, let's uh, have a good time and see if uh, if you want to get tickets, just go to Meldon Law and Facebook page and you'll check them out. I'm here with our second guest today, Darren Cook, uh, who is a entrepreneur in Gainesville and um, built a very very successful company uh, that employed a lot of very talented folks in Gainesville, Florida and uh, is uh, once again doing it again. Darren, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you so much. I appreciate you
0: having me. So let's do a little history first, okay? Wonderful. Uh, Back in 1994, you started a little company. Tell me uh, a little bit about the origins of uh, Infinite Energy.
2: Well, certainly, I... uh somehow got into the natural gas trading business by being a buyer for GRU and another organization called Florida Gas Utility. And I was with my business partner, Rich Blazer, at GRU. And we actually did quite well for them. We were making a lot of money for GRU. And, um, you know, being a government organization, you just don't get the raises that match <laughs> what, the, uh, what you were doing. Yeah, you're, you're, you're doing
0: some really, really good stuff that's
2: making a lot of money, know, right. and you're not seeing any of it. No, no. Well, 1% raise. So I saw a tiny, <laughs> tiny amount. But but And they said they did a really good job, which is nice. But Rich and I were on a, uh, a business trip, and we came up with the idea, man, we might be able to do this ourselves. So as soon as we got back, we started writing a business plan. And two years later, we found a backer. And then we were off to the races, so to speak, in 1994. We started our company with this backer, and, um, and we were profitable within three months. But it was just two of us in a temp help over uh, on the Vidal building next to the Gainesville, um, what is it, club over there. Downtown. So I knew I Pierre Vidal. Yeah. Who
0: started that? It was a pharmacy. Ah. And uh, when I, I moved here in 1970, and that uh, was a pretty famous place. Uh, the uh, the university club used to be called Harmonica Joe's in the late ah, 70s. Ah, interesting. My friend Ron D. Filippo, who started the Swamp Restaurant uh, before the Swamp Restaurant, did... Did a uh, a barn uh, right there. Anyhow, so you start there in this historic building.
2: Yes, right? one of the oldest in Gainesville. We on, on the second floor. We were on the second floor, and one of the uh, things we had to get was. When we said, well, sign a lease, but you got to put air conditioning in there. Because <laughs> they had no air conditioning. Know, so, a, yeah, was... yeah, and the bail bondsman, uh,
0: Truman Roundtree, used to be upstairs in that building when I started. Ah, practicing interesting. Law. So I, I know that building. Well,
2: fortunately, uh, we never needed his services. <laughs> <laughs> so here
0: you got a couple young, entrepreneurial minded folks that say, let's start a business. You yeah. put together a business plan. And you find a venture capitalist who's willing to invest with you, right?
2: It wasn't a venture capitalist; it was someone in the industry. Uh, they owned what they call a, a, a small pipeline system that connected other pipes, and they didn't have and know anyone in Florida. And they said, "You guys know everyone in Florida, so we need to market our natural gas there. So help us." And so we did a joint venture with them. So we were very and Rich was uh, he was the one that found them. So it was like uh, he is he is as we talked about earlier, uh, so extroverted, such a good guy <laughs> that you're going to get in the door with Rich. I would have never gotten in the door. That's why it took the two of us to start. You know, it's like we uh, we we were a really good team.
0: So, so. Uh, <clears throat> Darren's talking about Rich Blazer. Yep. He was his partner in the business. And uh, Rich is a uh, terrific uh, business person, extrovert, and uh, really... Um, if you meet him, you got to love him. He's really uh, a lot of fun. However, uh, the two of you put together a business that grew and grew and grew. Talk about uh, the growth period a little bit. Certainly. Uh, when we
2: decided to go into the retail side of things, we were doing wholesale natural gas. Now, so.
0: Explain retail and wholesale to our listeners.
2: Okay, certainly. Wholesale was we're selling to folks like Florida Power and Light or GRU or, you know, big companies that use a lot of natural gas. retail is I'm selling to a restaurant like this one, or I'm selling to a person like yourself. Um, So it's a whole different, you got to bill them, you got to get, you know, all sorts of uh, bad debt comes along sometimes, you know, you've got a whole bunch of different departments, so you need a lot bigger workforce. And that's what happened. We went into retail, Um, we developed a uh, we had a, a computer programmer that helped us build a billing system that gave us an edge in the market for apartment complexes up in Georgia. No one else could do what we were doing in that area, and that edge got us a bunch of customers all at once. And like um, We started out with 3000 We said, okay, we can do that by hand, but we're going to suffer. And we did it, but then we built the billing system around it with, with what the apartments wanted. And all of a sudden, once we were ready... Uh, we said, we're going to market this. And next thing you know, we had 40,000
0: customers. Wow. But, now, <clears throat> were you we talking about um, natural gas? Or natural gas. Business? Natural
2: okay. gas, yes. So,
0: mm-hmm. so you're in the natural gas business. Yep. Okay. How do you service um 3,000 or 40,000 apartments, no matter what? How do you get the gas? Do they have to be, like, uh, already, you know, uh, Wired, not wired, yeah. plumbed for a, a yes, band. yeah.
2: So basically, we use the utility was still in the business of the uh, what they call the pipes business, where mm-hmm. the pipe goes. So we had to subcontract them to turn people on and turn people off when they didn't pay or when they moved or whatever. So we had a whole system for that through computer.
0: But that, that computer was a system. separate company that would actually do the hard uh, plumbing. That's correct. Okay, and then your business. Now, w- w- did you have big lines coming into an apartment complex and then have it distributed? That we
2: pipelines? know what. Uh, once again, we didn't own any of the pipes. We were what we were good at is getting gas from point A to point B through the pipes. So, if you think the pipelines are like trucks, we paid a fee to transport on those trucks or the pipelines. Mm-hmm to get it from one place, like we could take gas all the way from Canada to Georgia if we wanted to, oh. by buying transport, depending on where the best prices were. And that's what we were really expert was the logistics of the big pipeline system. And that gave us an edge in the retail system because none of our retail um, uh, competitors could do that. They were just purely retail.
0: Okay. Well, um, it's very interesting. I, uh, I have a little bit, of uh, background in the natural gas business because oh, really? my father was a home builder starting in the 1950s and all the homes we built were natural gas homes. Wow, that's pretty cool. <laughs> and, and we did it because it was less expensive than electricity, right?
2: Yes, and and it most, mostly still is, especially here in Gainesville. <laughs> well,
0: that's great. That's, that's great. True. Hey, so, we're going to take a one-minute break here. We're just getting going here with Darren cook uh founder of infinite Energy, we got some exciting stuff to talk about uh when we come back we'll be back to talk with you more in 60 seconds alberta, alberta i understand you were witnesses to a crash can you tell us about the accident When you're in a crash, it's important to get witness statements immediately after the accident. Whether you're in a car, truck, motorcycle, scooter, or even a golf cart accident, at Melden Law, we won't back down.
1: Being a client at Melden Law was special because I felt like I was really being listened to, and I felt welcomed by the entire staff. If I were in a situation where I needed legal advice and help, I would absolutely reach out to Jeffrey because his reputation alone speaks for itself. But on a personal level, I know that he would take care of me and help me solve those problems, and I would feel safe with him. Welcome back to Meldon
0: Law and Friends. I'm here with our uh, good friend Darren Cook, who's going to be educating us and talking a little bit about some of the advantages uh of natural gas uh you you so you're you all of a sudden you're in uh, georgia you went from three thousand uh, apartments to forty thousand apartments
2: within about a i think that was within a six-month period wow that was amazing
0: <laughs> so how did you uh finance the growth
2: Actually, we didn't really need to uh, on that because once again, we don't we didn't have to buy the pipes; they're already there. All we had to do was buy the natural gas, and we had um, at that time, I think we had uh, either Shell or Dominion as big big companies backing us for the natural gas side of things, so it was, we could get as much natural gas as we wanted.
0: So you had <clears throat> built a relationship with them; yep. they had a ton of natural gas and they said okay you sell as much as you can we'll supply it that's correct and you and instead of having uh, infrastructure needs like pipes you basically uh, you know just rented it to move your gas through those well we area. ended up
2: buying the gas from them we know we couldn't rent it cuz we also owned it. Uh, as i said we bought transport on those pipelines so we had to take the title of the natural gas right so we bought the gas and then we sold it. <laughs>
0: right. You yeah. Bought, yeah. No, no. Uh, but the but you didn't have to have the pipelines no. because that yes was, uh, someone else is someone doing else
2: it. is doing that correct.
0: someone else is doing it and then all of a sudden you're going hmm well uh, we need to uh, start scaling up the company yeah. as well right
2: that's correct we went from within a two year period probably uh, 50 employees to over 300. Wow. Were, were most of them located in Gainesville? Almost all of them. We had, of, mo- uh, of all the employees, we had a, a Georgia office. Probably about 50 were there, but everyone else was
0: in Gainesville. So how... Um- how did you learn uh, about scaling up the business and how to hire all these people and the hard make, way. Sure you, <laughs> make sure you hired the right people? Talk about that. Well, right?
2: sometimes, you know, I mean, the, uh, I call it the exigency of the moment. You, sometimes you can't hire the right people when you're growing that fast. So um, when we stopped growing as fast as we were, we, we would, you know, obviously if the people weren't working out, we would hire folks at that, that time that would fill the role but sometimes you just need need people in the seats when you're growing that fast um just answer the phones right it's like there's all sorts of stuff going on so it's crazy we had a philosophy of bend but not break
0: so <clears throat> um so you really you know there's an adage you know um higher slow you know uh, fire fast um, you were in a situation where you had to hire fast. That's correct. Okay. And when you're
2: hiring that many people, and, and some other companies that have grown that quickly have that same problem. You know, you, sometimes you just have to hire. If they've got the minimum qualifications, you do it. And then sort it out later when your, your growth is steadied off. And we are really good at doing that, by the way, once our growth steadied out we were really good at getting the culture within the company who were
0: some of your mentors and influencers as far as uh, teaching you business systems
2: um i i really i guess um the biggest one was my business partner rich because we would just talk through everything uh, another teacher oddly enough was um some of the places i'd worked before and quite frankly, um, it was like, Rich and I would say, okay, we won't do it that way.
1: <laughs> 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 That's not the right way to do it. Well, so
2: sometimes it taught you the way not to do things. And then, uh, uh, but I think it was the relationship with Rich that sort of helped us get through. We made a lot of mistakes, but we usually didn't make the same mistake. Um, so if you can do that, then you learn and you, you keep going.
0: <clears throat> yeah. I know, uh, that, um, trying to create, um, a great culture is important to you. How, yes. how did you go about trying to, uh, what are some of the things you did to create a great culture for Infinite Energy?
2: Well, uh, towards the end, we would have uh, monthly town halls. Um, but more importantly, um, I, we had mentorship programs from all the executives. Most of the executives would mentor up to f- four or five people every year for a whole year. Um, so that helps the culture go downwards um the other thing we would do is make sure when we were interviewing we sent out the culture statement to everybody that interviewed and we would always ask them things about that culture statement and what what they identified with or why they felt it was important and then we uh, there was also uh, uh we in our human resources we did a lot of scenario questions that could go either way but usually you know different companies have different cultures so if you use scenario uh, questions you can get the answers that you're wanting um, for your company and maybe it's a different answer for another company so that's it well it's
0: interesting because in melden law you know we're always trying to focus in on uh, team culture Um, we feel that culture um, is even more important than talent yes it is which is contrary to what a lot of people think. People think, oh, just hire a bunch of really, really smart people and throw them into one office, and you're going to succeed. And uh, I don't think what we've learned is uh, you want to hire for culture first. You're exactly right. In fact, a very talented
2: person can destroy a company. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, yeah. if they don't have the right values. See, we go. our, our philosophy was values the same,
0: personalities different. Okay, so that you can bring in lots of different personalities. However, you, you do want to have uh, the same values. Uh, we have core values at Melbourne Law. Okay, uh, compassion, right? Yep. C A R E S. Compassion, accountability, responsibility excellence and success driven
2: very good very good yes yes we we had uh, very similar values we also liked uh, we had uh, one for diversity uh, also because we wanted uh, folks from different um, backgrounds of all sorts uh, because we felt that made us stronger um, because their experience everyone's experiences are different Right, and you bring those experiences. You learn from them, and then you can make a stronger company. So uh, that was one of our our keys. Another one was um, uh, we always had we had a like a decision tree. So it was always your own moral values first, company second, your department third, and yourself last. But oddly enough, if you followed that, you're actually helping the company. You're the one that's going to get promoted, right? If you hold true to your values you're going to get promoted in the long run. So it really worked out for us.
0: You know, it's interesting. One of the challenges we give to team members at Meldon Law now is, oh, we call it 131. One. If you if you identify uh, an issue or a problem, okay, uh, write that down. Then come up with three possible solutions and then tell us which one of those three solutions you like the best. There you go. And then you bring it to... You know the chief uh, operational officer, and uh, we started a dialogue uh, regarding that. Uh, how did you deal with folks within the organization that had um, ideas that they thought would uh, work better than the current solution? Um,
2: well, here is what we did: we did a, 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 an electronic employee suggestion box, and the idea was, if you put something in there and you put your name on it, we could do it. You could do it anonymously too. Uh, that you would get a response from an executive within two days. Whether that idea was already being worked on, whether it was a great idea, but maybe we, we need to not, uh, not implement it just yet because we've got these priorities. Or, hey, that's a great idea. We're going to go ahead and do it. And, and it's amazing when you answer somebody's idea how, how many more ideas you get because it, it doesn't go into the proverbial black box, so to speak.
1: Now,
0: who got to see the ideas?
2: All the executives got them. So every executive got it, and one executive would say, I'll take this one, because if it was in their area, they would take
0: it. So that helped you grow the um, culture as well as uh, the fact that you were um, creating a better company, a better run company.
2: That's correct. We became extremely innovative because of that. Um, amazing ideas came through. And I, one of the things I'm most proud of is all the spin off companies that came from Infinite Energy that have hired uh, highly successful. One of them you probably know is the Selling Factory. They're here yeah. lake, local. Brad Gamble was our VP of sales and marketing. So and we brought him up out of college. Uh, uh, Jesse Eisner started a trading company. Um, he was our director of trade, but once again, we took him out of college and brought him up. He was with our company for, I think, somewhere around 15 years. Now his company is probably bigger than what we were uh, as far as uh, uh, what he does. So, and he's got like 40 or 50 people. I'm not saying bigger in people, but bigger in volume. Um, he's doing amazing things. Uh, there's just so many spin off companies that have come. That's just a few. I could probably count at least 10 uh, that came from infinite so we had that's one things i'm most proud of now
0: uh, now back in the day was everybody working for uh at infinite energy in one mostly in one building <laughs>
2: <laughs> well when we went to the bydell building it was me and rich in, a, in an 800 square foot space face. <laughs> so, so it was one room in a building well we had three rooms we had a a, a, a two to one for the front person and then a, a little conference room and we, we really splurged and got a two-stand conference table and two stands and, we were, and where'd you wind up where we wind up we ended up uh, buying a building out on 24th street it was like 8,000 uh, square feet and we thought that was all the room we were ever going to need um, and the bottom floor was there was two floors the bottom floor was rented out and we, we took the top that's when we first went into Georgia and then we just started growing and we built Three more buildings on that, and then we tore the other the eight thousand square foot one and made a uh, thirty five thousand square foot one there that's where the Galen nursing uh is renting now um, but anyways, uh, so we at the end we had uh, about uh i think see seventy eighty two thousand square feet then. Well, let's
0: turn our attention to some of the new ideas, Pathpoint Energy and Pathpoint Labs. Let's talk about it. Uh, How are you changing the uh, energy industry again?
2: Well, Pathpoint Energy, that one is, uh, once again, sort of like Infinite Energy. They're selling wholesale natural gas. Our office is in Houston. And we're already profitable, so I'm really happy about that. <laughs> we started started our first trade in March, so I'm you, really you, really happy about you, that. You
0: weren't ready to hang up your spurs just yet, not but... yet. And <laughs> I like
2: the way you spurt, yeah, the Spurrier spurred us on. So just <laughs> yeah, speak. yeah, we're Spurrier's <laughs> credit. Yeah, that's right. Here, that's you know? right. But I
0: no, I'm like you. You know, I I have fun doing what I do. Yeah, and I don't want to necessarily just you know, retire just to retire, because then what would I do? Yeah, exactly.
2: You're just, well, yeah, I've got all these ideas and want to see them happen. Uh, but um, so that's, that That company's going strong already. But the other company, the labs part is, uh, remember I told you we're going through pipelines. It's a, it's, a, it's a logistical problem. And my degree was in statistics. And I've, I've hired a good team that's working on those problems that can help perhaps, uh uh, uh, get natural gas from point A to point B more efficiently. Um, if that happens, great. Uh, you know, we'll change the industry again. Uh, but secondly, uh, and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to bring it up, uh, was... Uh, so,
0: in other words, ideas, you know, in the uh, traditionally what? It just went through big pipes?
2: It does, but usually it's all human brain power. So we're looking at help maybe enhancing that
0: a bit. <laughs> well that, so <laughs> so um Pathpoint Energy and Pathpoint La- Labs. I, I well I'm glad to hear that you're using your talent and your vision uh to create some new businesses. Uh you you help people, right? Yes, we do. Yeah, uh, you're get bringing them energy at a lower cost. You're creating important jobs so people support their families. That's correct. And uh it uh, keeps Darren Cook from going crazy sitting home. <laughs> <laughs> My wife would probably kill me if I... <laughs> she, she says
2: when you retire when you're 85. It's like that's what she says. It's well, like... <laughs> uh, I, I can
0: tell her that you'll be a much happier uh, person uh, when you keep working and doing things. Yes, and, it, and I
2: think that's what life's all about. It's a sense uh, you've got to have a sense of purpose, and I think that's the other thing we talked about with um, culture one of our uh, thing as cultures, everyone knew their part of the whole. We always had a big vision, but everyone knew their part of the vision. And when people feel that they are contributing, they they, they wanna make something cool themselves. So that's the key to us, is if they have a purpose,